This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm. I am going to talk about the first topic right out of the gate, something you could not care less about. I promise, you do not care at all about what I'm going to tell you. The Club World Cup. Real Madrid wins in extra time over Kashima Antlers in Japan, 4-2. No one cares. That's what everyone tells me, even in the soccer world. You know, I work there. I work in the soccer, you know, soccer business or whatever. No one cares. That's all I hear. But have you actually watched? Real Madrid and Kashima played a fantastic final. And the tournament was fantastic. Atletico Nacional, one of my favorite teams in the world now from Colombia, battling with Club America. You should have seen how much those players put into that game. That went to penalties with Atletico winning the third place match. And they just could not be happier. The fans there were so into it. All I hear is no one actually cares, Denholm. Even the players, patently untrue. You just have not watched. The Club World Cup was amazing. The players, coaches, fans, they were all into it, including Real Madrid. Including Real Madrid. Everyone will tell you, yeah, but the European side, Real Madrid's going to go in there and crush everyone. Extra time with Kashima, who was a fantastic team out of Japan. So technically gifted. They ran over Atletico on the scoreboard. Now, Atletico had chances in that match once they got down. But Kashima was so tactically and technically superior. Kashima can play. And they took it to Real Madrid. Real Madrid really had to come up with something magical to get back into that match. And finally pulled it out in extra time with a couple of goals. And Cristiano Ronaldo, which, you know, we'll talk more about him. But I'm sick of hearing this Club World Cup, no one cares. But you know why everyone says that? Because nobody can watch, really. Now, it happens to be on Fox, where I work another job. Okay, great, whatever. You can find it. It's out there. It's just out there in the middle of the night for us here on the West Coast and really, really early on the East Coast. This is the problem with FIFA and the Club World Cup. I understand when you say no one cares. I do. I'm not chastising you, really. Because no one can watch it. It is a fantastic tournament. Yes, I am a diehard. I'm a freak. And I watch it. But no one really in their right mind is going to be up at 3 a.m. On the, on the West Coast to watch a third-place match in a tournament that everyone else says nobody cares about. But if FIFA were to be smart and move this, rotate this tournament around, not just in Japan, I know they moved it to Morocco a few years or whatever, but no, nothing substantial. It's always been pretty much in Japan, which is lovely. That's fine. Japanese football is on the rise, no doubt, as is evidenced by Kashimat Antlers and their performance in this tournament. But let's move this thing around, FIFA. Why can't you play this thing in the United States? Play it in Mexico. Play it in South America. Play it in Europe. It would become even bigger, I promise. These games are great. These teams are out there full bore. Don't tell me they don't want to win. It's not true. It's a myth and it's a lie that people are hanging on to. It's just patently untrue. Players are busting their humps in these games. FIFA, do something about this. This tournament could be so much bigger. Real Madrid, Club America, are you kidding me? You don't want to watch that at 7 o'clock at night? Yes, of course you would. It's ridiculous. Ah, no one cares. You can't allow what you're trying to promote as a major event, if you're FIFA, 
and let the main the main line that anyone says about it is uh, nobody cares. That's ridiculous. It's so short sighted. I understand it, oh, Denholm. It's all about money. It's all about this. It's all there's money to be made in every sporting event that you put on in the United States. Generally speaking, from a major sport like soccer here in the U.S. Or again, Canada, Mexico. Split it over a couple of countries if you want in Europe because it's a small enough region in terms of land mass that you can have a couple of countries host a few of these games. You don't think people would come out in Europe to watch Real Madrid take on Club America or Kashima Andlers? Come on. Get it together, FIFA. Don't just throw away the Club World Cup because, for one thing, I want my Galaxy to get there through winning CONCACAF's Champions League. And I want to play against Real Madrid when they care and when we care. And I don't care how bad it gets. I want to see it. Which, by the way, Cashman gave Real Madrid, as I said, everything they can handle. Club America played Real Madrid tough. Come on. The world of soccer is shrinking. There are so many good players, so many good teams. Just let us let us care, FIFA. Let us care. We want to care. It's not no one cares. We want to care is what we should be saying about it. Hashtag we want to care, FIFA. Ridiculous. Hey, this is the final of Soccer Weekly of 2016. Got to talk about the year in soccer, right? Got to break this down. There's been some highlights, some lowlights. I can't get to everything, first and foremost. So if I miss something of your favorite club or some big event, it wasn't as though I didn't see it or want to talk about it necessarily. I just want to stick to a few of the big ones that I was most impressed with in 2016. First and foremost, Soccer Weekly was born in 2016, right? That's all that really matters. Hit me up on uh, Twitter if you want to share your 2016 thoughts at Talk Soccer. At Talk Soccer. We can continue the conversation weekly, even through the holiday season. Happy holidays to you. And yeah, soccer in 2016 really took a big boost up in the world because Soccer Weekly came into being here, courtesy of 710, ESPN LA 710. And you can follow them on Twitter at ESPN Los Angeles. So thank you, ESPN LA, first and foremost. The, the soccer world took a big step forward, if not only because. If only because Soccer Weekly was born. So we got that. Then there was some massive competitions, weren't there? You got Euro 2016, Copa America Centenario, the Olympics. Not all of them equally as important, of course, in terms of the United States. The men's team didn't make the Olympics. The women team, women's team was great. Euro 2016, a fantastic tournament. Copa America Centenario was great. Big stories of those events. I loved Euro 2016. Iceland, right? Little Iceland. No one thought could. I knew they would. You heard it here first. And they made a deep run and played really fantastic football. It was no fluke if you watched qualifying. Not at all, but it's still a great story because Iceland is such a small country and hadn't had any real footballing history of any significance. That was that was awesome. I mean, you can't help but root for the underdog like that. Come on, Chelsea. That was great. Oh, gosh. Don't even get me going. You, Raj, the producer here with his Chelsea. Chelsea's having a nice 2016, mind you, here. Yeah, but it, Lionel Messi, denied by Chile in Copa America Centenario. You couldn't help but feel it for him. I mean, you knew how much it meant when you watched that. And Chile fully deserved. Make no mistake. But just Messi being denied winning that title with Argentina, that was huge. And you knew it. You felt it. Which makes Lionel Messi so great is he wants to win. 
And you can't say that all the time about the biggest players necessarily. In every sport. We see it in, in the NBA. We see it. These guys talk a big game sometimes. Yeah, not all of them really want to win. Not all of them are really desperate to win like Lionel Messi is. And he was denied. And then Brazil in the Olympics and Neymar. Oh, just an incredible tournament. And just being the home side and so much pressure. And to win it as they did in PKs. Oh, man. Too much pressure. I mean, that was crazy. What a tournament that was. And Neymar fully deserved it. Again, Brazil played fantastic football in that. As did Germany. I mean, it was it was a good tournament. The United States men's national team makes news in 2016. Not always for the best reasons, of course. But one of the best reasons was uh, g- getting rid of Jurgen Klinsmann. It was time. After a dismal start to the World Cup qualifying for 2018, we're uh, losing two matches like that. He had to go. He had to go for a while, but that was just the icing on the cake. Now Bruce Arena comes in, gets ready for more qualifying here, upcoming in 2017. It's a big move. That is a big story around the world in world football because the United States is virtually a lock for the World Cup every time now, it seems. The United States is a team that makes noise, gets out of their group. And what happens with that is everybody comes into World Cups thinking, well, all the European teams are fantastic, right? That's the the blinders on kind of mentality. Of course, all the European teams are going to advance, and then they get into a group with the U.S., and they don't advance usually. Or at least if there's two European teams, as there have been in the United States group in the past, one of them is done, i.e., Portugal. You, you get the point. The United States makes every group the group of death, essentially, in the World Cup. So to, to start out this miserably, that's news around the world for the U.S. If the U.S. if the United States struggles in qualifying. But the story in 2016 in the world of football, right? The number one story. Overall, from January until right now, was Cristiano Ronaldo himself. Now, that doesn't seem like a big surprise. He's the 1A is the best player ever, along with Lionel Messi. They can hold hands and stand up there above Pele anymore, as far as I'm concerned. Not quite, but they're right up there of the top three or four players of all time. And Cristiano Ronaldo was football in 2016. Wins the Euro 2016 with Portugal. What an effort. I mean, just outstanding. They didn't play great as a team. Cristiano Ronaldo was magnificent. Wins the Champions League. Wins the Club World Cup against Kashima just days ago. Wins Ballon d'Or as the best player in the world. That was Cristiano Ronaldo's 2016. I can barely get up in the morning and take a long walk for exercise. And this kid's out there running around doing this in 2016. An amazing year for Cristiano Ronaldo. And an amazing year for Soccer Weekly as we continue here on ESPN LA. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Dave Dano with you. You can hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer. At TalkSoccer. We continue the conversation even after we leave these airwaves. And we've been talking about 2016 and the year that it was. Mentioning Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, having the biggest year in soccer. Overall, just he, Cristiano Ronaldo is such a part of many stories, as I outlined. You, the Euro 2016, of course, Portugal and he winning it. You, you, Champions League, all about Real Madrid and Ronaldo. Now look what they're doing in, champ, in uh, Champions League and in La Liga with Zinedine Zidane and Ronaldo just having another magnificent year. They go on and win the Club World Cup. He takes down Ballon d'Or over Lionel Messi, and rightfully so. He had a better year than Messi. It has been a magnificent 
magnificent run for Cristiano Ronaldo. Just such an incredible run. More locally, of course, an up-and-down year for the Galaxy. Not much to say about that. A terrible year, really. They lost seven games out of 37 in MLS play. Against MLS teams, including the playoffs, the Galaxy lost seven games in 37 matches, and it was a bad year. So now Kurt Anolfo must come in after the Bruce leaves for the U.S. men's national team. Actually, 2017 should be a much bigger year for the Galaxy than 16, so we won't linger too much there. Sounders take MLS Cup their first. I heard it uh, on uh, some of my uh, fellow uh, Fox soccer analysts saying you can't be, I think it was Rob Stone, said you can't be a super club without winning MLS Cup at least once. And I'm paraphrasing there from uh, Rob Stone and his great work. And he's right. And finally, Seattle Sounders, who think they're a super club, get their first title. Kudos to them for that. Interesting story out of uh, St. Louis and uh, MLS and the possible expansion. St. Louis has always been known around America as a fantastic soccer market going, I mean, decades back, decades, really since a soccer ball was kicked in America, St. Louis has essentially been a part of that. That's how big of a market it is. And you've had legends come out of that area. I believe like Taylor Twelman, Brian McBride, tons of players coming out of the St. Louis area. Legends. And so it, it has deep roots. Well, they have never quite got it done for MLS for some reason. I know Kansas City on the other side of the state you know, could have been a, a little rivalry. People talked about how that could be something special. St. Louis is always a rival with Chicago anyway in sport. Just hasn't happened for MLS with St. Louis. In fact, it hasn't really been a great run for most professional teams in St. Louis. Other, I understand some indoor stuff and some minor, minor league stuff going on. That's It's grassroots there, don't get me wrong. But now it looks like MLS is really trying to make it a push for expansion there, or at least the group is that is in St. Louis, I should say. And certainly MLS is listening. If you have the money, if you can get a stadium deal going, great. Well, St. Louis is trying to put together a stadium deal with the city and the state. I believe at least uh, some of the state. But anyway, Missouri governor-elect, who just got voted in, Eric Greitens, a Republican, and I only just say that just to lay it all out there. He's the governor-elect of uh, Missouri, calls the proposed stadium deal, and there is a proposed stadium deal for a possible MLS expansion side. He basically called it, and I quote here, welfare for millionaires, unquote. Now, we've heard that kind of language before from politicians. Welfare for millionaires, because some of the stadium, not all, certainly, some of this stadium within this proposal would be financed by local government, essentially the people, the public. So, again, Governor-elect Eric Reitens of Missouri says, quote-unquote, he doesn't like the deal, well, he doesn't like the deal because, quote, welfare for millionaires, essentially how he he describes it. Well, Mr. Governor-elect, you know what I have to say about that? You're absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Stadium financing done by local governments and state governments and the federal government, which, you know, doesn't happen, but which are all essentially, at this point in America, every local and state government is essentially teetering on the brink when it comes financially, when it comes to finances. Really, I mean, and I know with some rare exceptions that prove the rule, everybody's hurting. Local, state, communities, districts, counties, cities, everyone. So when the governor-elect of Missouri says it's welfare for millionaires and he doesn't like the proposal, 
I say you're absolutely right about the welfare for millionaires part. But, and it's a big but, there is some place for that, is there not? We're not talking about complete financing, and we're not talking about billions of dollars. MLS has gone out of their way, in essence, to build smaller stadiums. They're not trying to build 70,000 seaters and trying to fill it and making these $1.9 billion stadium deals. and everything. They're trying to make smaller stadiums that are expandable and are reasonable when it comes to budgeting and how much. They... Understand, it's still city money. It's still public money. And he's right. It is welfare for millionaires, in essence. I can't blame anyone for not doing it. I know in the state of California, where I happen to reside, and you reside most likely if you're listening to this, and if you don't, welcome. But in the state of California, we've gone out of our way really to try to avoid this anymore. You know, it's just, there's just no real justification for it anymore when it comes to entertainment to be spending money like that. Public funds, as little as you possibly can, that's what the politician's mantra essentially has been and should be, or none. That's some politicians' mantra. None. We're giving you none. And this is what apparently what this governor-elect of Missouri wants to do when he gets into office or doesn't want to do, as it were. He's right. But you have to look at it from both sides. Explore the deal itself. Determine how much money is going to be given publicly. The, uh, reportedly, the expansion franchise, and again, this is just all in their attempts to become an MLS side, they would essentially lease the stadium from and those deals are are there's myriad deals when it comes to leasing stadiums from cities and all that some of them are great for the city some of them are terrible for the city explore that figure it out don't just bring out a blanket statement like i'm not doing it because that's not good politics that's not good citizenship don't just take a side blindly and live or die with it explore the deal now indeed I'm sure the governor-elect knows more about the deal than maybe I'm even leading on here. So maybe he has delved into this deeply and still has his conviction that it's not a good deal. Fine. Absolutely. I can't disagree with his sentiment. But let's just be careful not to just lump everything into one. Oh, what do you mean? Public funds for these billionaires and million? No. Well, there can be some deals that are actually good for communities. Not often. Admittedly. A lot of times they're weighted towards the team itself. But this is not a case where a city is trying to keep a team and is going to have to overpay and go crazy and the owners got them over a barrel. This is not a case of holding a city for ransom. This is a, a case where a franchise doesn't even exist yet. They're trying to make it work and trying to get a franchise there. It's not a good sign. I'll say that. If you're MLS and St. Louis's MLS expansion bid, it's not a good sign. We'll see if they can work it out. Maybe it's a little politicking going on just to make sure the deal gets better. Maybe there's some wiggle room there. But it's an interesting, you can't just blanket statement this stuff anymore. Check out the deal. See if it's good. Read about it for yourself as an MLS fan, too. Yes, is it welfare for millionaires? He's right. Yes, it is on some level. But it's not all bad all the time. Uh, Soccer Weekly here on ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Dethome. You can hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer, spelled as you might imagine. Follow me there at TalkSoccer. Follow the station at ESPN Los Angeles, at ESPN Los Angeles. Again, what a year it's been. So excited for Soccer Weekly to actually...
come alive here in 2016, thanks in no small part to you. In fact, you are the reason as the listener, and I truly appreciate it. Don't forget, if you miss any of the show, you can always podcast it. Find it there. Follow me on Twitter. I I tweet out the link there. You can go to the uh, ESPN Los Angeles. You can go to the website for ESPN LA. Find me at Talk Soccer on Twitter. I'm always tweeting out the link there. You can follow me on there. Don't even worry about like other Instagram or anything. I barely take any photos or anything. But the the link is there on Instagram too for if you want to look me up there as well. And just be a part of the show. Truly appreciate all your efforts in terms of getting the word out. It's been a great year. It's been a great 2016 in soccer. And uh, thanks in no small part to me being able to do this for you. I truly appreciate it and all your support. Now, you know what time it is. It's the best time of the show. That's right. It's stoppage time. Oh, man. I tell you, we've been having fun with these all year. This is a good one. Manchester United under Jose Mourinho is going to train in 2017 in the United States in the preseason. Now, that's no surprise for Mourinho. He loves coming to the United States. He's had issue with other places that they've uh, that his teams that he's managed in the past have trained. If it's not the U.S., it seems as though Jose Mourinho has issue with it. He loves training in the United States. Well, 2017 preseason, Manchester United going to be training at UCLA. Ugh, UCLA. Yet another reason to hate Manchester United. Oh, I kid. Come on. I'm kidding. Stoppage time here, part of Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710. Once again, thanks so much for listening throughout this first year and the first of hopefully very many more to come here on Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Again, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays from all of us here. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much to Mario Rees and all the guys here, Raj Groves, and all the people who have helped me here at Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA.